Welcome to The Breakdown. I'm your host, Isaac Mateus. I'm here with Stephen and Johnny. In our show, The Breakdown, we seek to equip students and parents with a biblical framework, practical wisdom, and resources so they would further their relationship with Jesus Christ and further the mission of God. Guys, let's get started with the show. Word up on the street. <laughs> all, all these intros that you do, Isaac, are uh, unique. I guess I, I don't know the word I'd use for them. Dude, you gotta you gotta just do different stuff. You gotta just flow with it, you know? You gotta go bigger go with home. it. Go big or go home, Isaac. Mm-hmm. You know what? Good thing I am at home. Because I'm not getting sick and I'm not getting other people sick. <laughs> All right. How is everybody doing? Johnny, Steven, how are you guys doing? Doing well. Excited uh, to be here today. Yeah, man, doing good. Doing good. Keeping it real. Keeping it real, keeping it real. You guys getting plenty of sleep? You guys getting plenty of rest? Never. Yeah. Well, uh, I've, I've got four kids, so what is rest? Well, that's true. That's true, actually. I don't have any kids, so I've been getting plenty of rest. I think uh, I was woke up six times last night, three of which were uh, due to, like, nightmares and kids wanting to come get in the bed. And the other one was, you know, Luke was just hungry. So, like, he was crying because he wanted to be to eat something you know i'm sad because i feel like that's a really good way to live life you know i wish that you know when you're an adult you could just you know be upset and then people just give you food you know what i'm saying instead of being like hey i'm hungry just and then people are like oh okay yeah you also like can't go anywhere so like he relies on somebody to pick him up and move him as well yeah, I wasn't necessarily talking about, like, being a baby. I was talking about, like, more or less the, the the concept of being able to just cry and either somebody changes you, feeds you, or picks you up and, like, plays with you or whatever, gives yeah, you a movie I, or something. I'm kind of okay with having to clean myself instead of have other people try to wipe my booty. Yeah, that's that's good. That's thing that you should feel. I think we all probably feel a very similar way. We should but, ask someone else. Steven, I feel like you've just destroyed Isaac. The food, I feel like the food <laughs> aspect is so, so, in, so good. I feel like, anyway. I feel like, you know, originally where you were going with that before I derailed you was like, man, if I could just cry and get food, it'd be awesome. And I, I, I think some degree, like if I could just ask and get food, it would be awesome. And that's legit. It's true. It's true. Uh, hey, listen, man, I'm never derailed. All right. On the docket today. On the docket today, we got several questions relating to um, homosexuality. So we wanted to sit down and talk about that a little bit because there's a lot of misconceptions, I think, going around. And I think there's a lot of, there is definitely a lot of differing views. So like some churches are going to be pro-homosexuality, pro-gay marriage. Some churches are going to be against it um, and against gay marriage. So I kind of wanted to just... I wanted to sit down and just talk about with some of our pastors, um, kind of what what's going on with homosexuality. What's what's the deal? What's the dealio? What's the church's position? What's the Bible's position on it? What's our position on it? So, um, yeah, yeah. Go so ahead. go ahead. Whenever so let's ready. let's start this off by just acknowledging that this is a very sensitive topic. Um, and while there is disagreement on it, while uh, I do believe the Bible is clear uh, that practicing homosexuality is a sin, um, I want to be clear that 
Um, we're all sinners and we are all deserving of God's wrath. Um, and just because somebody is uh, stuck in sin does not mean that they are not deserving of our love, right? So uh, even in our last episode, we talked about loving God and loving others. So if we're going to love others, um, that includes those that are sinners around us. We need to um, always extend love and grace because um, none of us are beyond uh, salvation. None of us are, are, are beyond redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. So um, just wanted to put that out there as we get ready to start. So if you're listening to this, um, know that, uh, that that we understand this is a sensitive topic, um, and we hope that we can handle this uh, in, in a loving manner. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, so, so let's just start with, man, what, what, what does the Bible teach about homosexuality? Let's just start there, kind of the biblical foundation. Yeah, uh, I mean, so you have the Old Testament, which clearly states, uh, even like in Leviticus um, 18, you, you have like part of the Levitical law, it just says, man, it's unlawful, you know, for a man to lie with a man uh, the way he would with a woman. Uh, you have this instruction given that like where, you know, and the way it says it, it it's um, it's sinful to practice or to uh, indulge in homosexual behavior. And so you have this culturally going on at different times in the Old Testament. You have kind of a word uh, from the prophets and a word from God and uh, you have different times in the Old Testament where, uh, where God is really dealing with this sin. Um, and I think it's important to, to well, I'll, I'll continue on first. And then you get kind of in the New Testament, and then it really just calls it homosexuality. Uh, and, and you see that word pop up several times throughout the New Testament. Uh, you know, First Timothy uh, says, you know, uh, homosexuality. Um, and, uh, you know, is a sin and you shouldn't practice that. And I'm paraphrasing significantly. Um, and then somewhere like first Corinthians six even says like, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And so you have like different passages, uh, like the first Timothy passage I referred to says that the immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers and whatever else is contrary of sound teaching um, and, and is saying to avoid those things. I, I, sorry, I didn't read that part right above it, but uh, like these are the things to avoid and these are things that are not lawful. Um, and then there's, there's many other passages. Uh, I think Romans 1 alludes to this as well. Uh, I think it's helpful for us to, to just take a break and, and, and you know, see that homosexuality is clearly um, a sin in the Scripture, and it's clearly discouraged from, from being practiced. But it's always, it's maybe not always, but uh, it's certainly in groups of sexual sin. So if, if we were to take homosexuality and kind of, uh, pull it out of the list of all the other sexual sins that the scripture says are wrong, then we've done a disservice to that uh, and to the scripture. And so, like, I mean, I know that we're on just the topic of homosexuality today because students have asked questions about it, um, but it's a sexual sin just like any other sexual sin. 
Um, and, and what I mean by that is that it's sin, just like any sexual sin is sin. Um, and so I think for us to just to make sure we have it in the context of this is a sexual sin, and the Bible says that sexual sin is always wrong. Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah. Stephen, I think you're exactly right. Um, you know, that passage in 1 Corinthians 6 that you uh, read from, um, Paul goes on to talk about sexual immorality as a whole, right? So he specifically talks about homosexuality, um, but then as he gets down to verse 18, he says this, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So Paul is taking that homosexual, the homosexuality uh, lump that, that you mentioned, Stephen, and then he's lumping it in even uh, with all sexual immorality. So um, in our economy, right, the, how we view sin um, through human eyes, right, we try to single out homosexuality even from the other um, sexual uh, immoral sins. And God doesn't do that. God views sin as sin. And um, even in sexual immorality, right, the, the person that's practicing homosexuality is no different than the young man that's logged into his computer looking at images that he shouldn't be looking at or to that boyfriend or girlfriend that are um, doing things with each other that is only reserved for marriage, right? Their, their sin is the same in God's eyes as my lying or homo somebody that's practicing homosexuality. So we, we need to um, treat sin as sin. Yeah, and the scripture is very clear, um, you know, that, that all sin is punishable by death. Um, and that somebody who's marked by a life of sin uh, is not marked by a life of righteousness and godliness. They're, they're marked by a life that is contrary to a life of Christ. And so I think, you know, I've heard people in the past, and it's not ever been at a church I've ever been at, really. Uh, I've never heard a pastor at a church I've been at or part of say something like this, but I have heard people say stuff like this. Um, and, and, you know, they'll harp on this idea. I mean, if you're a homosexual, you're not you're not saved, you're not going to heaven because of that First Corinthians passage um, where, you know, they said they will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I think to just take that and say, man, if you committed a homosexual sin, you can't go to heaven is an inappropriate use of that scripture. Um, and I think for, you know, it'd be better for us to, to go through and think, you know, more like First John, the one who obeys my commandment is of me. Like that's the one that inherits the kingdom. The one who does not obey the commandments of the Lord does not inherit the kingdom. Uh, they, they do not get say, I mean, they're not saved. They don't go to heaven because they're not marked by people who are obedient to the Lord. They're marked by their own desire of sin uh, and their own indulgence in those things. Um, and I think uh, uh, it's helpful for us to kind of differentiate too as well. Like sometimes we, we in our culture, um, because we typically, uh, well, typically maybe not right, the right word, but sometimes we don't love people well, and uh, we'll, we'll take something that's an obvious sin or an obvious thing, and we'll kind of um, just accuse everybody of it, and we'll, we'll say, well, if you struggle with this desire, then you're guilty of this sin, and that's not, that's not appropriate. And you alluded to this a while ago, like, man, if I struggle with the desire to, um, you know, to have sex with a woman, 
uh, and somebody else, you know, some other dude has the, struggles with the desire to have sex with a dude, like those two things are both um, like there, there can be a battle in that struggle and that desire without actually going forward and acting upon any of those things. Um, and so like there can be a, a temptation that is in, in, you know, in a particular field uh, of sinfulness or, you know, in temptation, but it doesn't mean that I'm now guilty of that sin because I had a desire. Um, and so I think for some, you, you get like this, <clears throat> you know, you get this same sex attraction and students now are uh, like our culture is kind of bombarding them with this and we want to have tolerance and things like that. And then we want to throw out labels upon people. And so if somebody says, man, I, I think I'm attracted to the same, same sex. Well then, um, you know, everybody just accuses them of being something and they label them as something. Um, and I, I don't think that's fair um, to just say, well, they kind of lean this way, therefore they are that. Um, and so I, th I think we have to be careful with how we label people uh, because some people just struggle. Like, I mean, maybe, I, maybe I've struggled to, you know, with like the thought, I mean, I'd like to kill that person or something. That doesn't mean I'm just, I've gone out and murdered that person. Therefore, I'm not a murderer. Now, I get what the scripture says when, like, you, you want to do this in the heart. I just mean, like, uh, it's not appropriate for us just to go label those people for those things that have not actually done those things. And there's a difference, I think, between, like, an actual struggle and then a giving in to that temptation. Uh, and and that, that's something we can make a distinction about as well. Yeah, I mean... Like uh, like Johnny said, there's uh, this is a very sensitive topic that has a lot of pieces to it, and so I think kind of right at the outset, sort of really defining our terms correctly, because I think sometimes we are in our communicating of what we believe. Sometimes we're ineffective in some ways, and so I think it's helpful to have just a very clear definition that we do believe uh, that homosexuality is a sin but it is not a sin that is necessarily like it's in a list of sins. Like if you look at Romans one, for example, 10 with the list of sins, things like even gossip, you know what I'm saying? So like we, we want to just make it very clear that like if you're struggling or you have friends that are practicing, it's not like they should be looked at as some sort of like complete degenerate, you know, it's not like they should be looked at as some sort of like plague that you should avoid and you should stay away from. Um, well, we're certainly not singled out as opposed to, I mean, yeah, like we can, I mean, I think it's okay for us to look at people and say, man, those people are degenerate, right? They don't love Jesus. They're not following Jesus. They, they are sinful, just like I, I am or was. Like, you know, before Christ, I was without hope. I was left to my own sinful desires, and I did partake in those things, Um and I think it's okay for us to rightly say, I mean, that person is without Christ, whatever they are, right? So, but for me to single out homosexuals above anybody, heterosexuals, and they're both indulging in sinful behavior would be inappropriate. Like, I, I think, yeah, I think a lot of people will try to single out particular things. It doesn't have to be homosexual. It could be something else, but try to single out something and make that the issue. And the reality is, I mean, maybe they just don't have Christ. Maybe they just aren't actually saved. And therefore, 
they are sinners. Like it's okay to, to say that. The Bible is clear about that. But you're right. And when we single them those people out and we we make it about that, uh, we kind of get into a whole different realm of things. Yeah, and, and I would also also say that it's important to make a distinction between those that are practicing homosexuality and those that agree with what God's word says about homosexuality, yet still struggle with that temptation. Right. So they're they're fighting it. They're battling it, trying to put sin to death, um, even though that's a uh, sin that they or, or a temptation that they battle with. Um, there's a difference between those that say, God, you're right. Your word is right. This passion, this desire within me is wrong. Please help me to get over that. And those that ignore God's word or, or try to explain it away and give into their desires and practice homosexuality. Yeah. Um, kind of continue on, right? So like, okay, we have a, a baseline of what what's going on, what the Bible teaches about practicing homosexuality, not struggling with it or dealing with urges or desires, but actually um, doing the actual action and, and actually living out a life that is that can be characterized by that. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about how then, so as the, as the church, um, how do we best, how do we best interact with uh, people who are homosexual, right? Um, how, how, how should we go about it? Because I think there's a lot of differing views on this even, uh, where, you know, if you look, it's not, you don't have to very look very far to like, just type in, you know, church bigotry, and you'll see people, you know, churches are walking around with signs that say really hurtful things at very, um, you know, specific gatherings and stuff like that. And so, like, should we be condoning that? Should we be practicing that? What should be our posture and our interaction with people that do not believe the same things as we do in the sense of they don't believe homosexuality is wrong? How, how can we best love them and still interact with them? Yeah, so look at, look at Jesus' example, right? Um, so many times when, when he was in his earthly ministry, he would go and recline or eat uh, with sinners, right? And the religious people would look on him and judge him and say, you know, who is he? Like he's, he's claiming to be one thing, but yet he's reclining with all these sinners, these people that are known to be prostitutes or tax collectors that are swindlers, right? And, and Jesus wasn't concerned about what they were doing as much as he was concerned about their heart. So he spent time with them. He loved them and uh, shared the truth with them. And we, we see, you know, some of the people that ended up being closest to Jesus were those that were living a life of what, what we would say in, in, in our eyes, you know, a life of sin. Um, and they ended up becoming some of the best uh, followers and closest people um, to Jesus. So, uh, I'd say use his example. Um, we need to love those that are different than us. We need to love everybody around us that is a sinner with the hopes of sharing the truth of God's word, that their eyes can be open to the gospel and that those that are dead in their sin uh, can be made alive in Christ. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we, you know, we want to, we want to act and respond in love. Um, and, you know, we want to be, I'm going to use this word, even though uh, it, it sometimes means what I don't don't mean it to mean. But we want to be tolerant of people, uh, and we want to allow for people to to be 
people, uh, which means that they're going to say stuff that we disagree with. They're going to do stuff we disagree with. They're going to be um, selfish. They're going to be sinful. They're going, but they also may be kind and they also may, may be gentle and uh, they may also love, you know, love well and serve well. Um, I, I don't think we should go and tick a bunch of people off by yelling, uh, yelling a bunch of, uh, you know, obscene things or mean things. And we certainly don't want to be mean hearted. Uh, I don't want to back away from the truth either. Um, and, you know, uh, this, this plays into uh, a big, bigger discussion kind of with where we stand on uh, culturally on, on many issues. But I don't, I don't think we should, we should shy away from the issue if we say that homosexuality is wrong. Uh, I mean, I don't want to intentionally be offensive. Like, I'm not trying to make an enemy. Um, but I, I am willing to say, I mean, I think the Bible is very clear. Homosexuality is wrong. The practice of it is wrong. Um, and it's sinful. So is murder. So is, you know, disobeying your parents. So is being angry at people. Um, and so, like, uh, I think for, like, we have to be careful um, in how we respond. But, you know, one of the questions that we got kind of related to this was, can I have a homosexual friend? Um, well, yeah, I mean, uh, and I hope you do. Like, I hope you can be friends with people that are different. Um, and it, you, you can take this and apply it to, you know, a hundred different ways. Uh, can I have, it, really the question is, I know the question is, can I have a homosexual friend? But the question would be better is, can I have a friend who disagrees with me? Can I have a friend who's not a believer? Can I have a friend who struggles with sin? Um, and the answer is yes. And I hope you actually do have friends who struggle with stuff. But I hope that they are not influencing you to struggle with stuff. And I think this is where I would caution some students with, with this. Uh, some students are looking for a liberty, uh, and they want me to say, yes, you can, you can have friends that struggle with these things, because in reality, they really just want to do those things. Um, and I'm not saying you can do those things. I don't think that's godly. I don't think that's wise. Um, that's like saying, you know, in, uh, in high school for, for a high school students come, come to me and say, Hey, can I, can I have friends who drink alcohol, which would be illegal in high school, right? Um, yes, I think it's okay for you to have friends that drink alcohol. I don't think it's okay for you to go drink with those friends. Uh, and I don't think it's okay for you to then become influenced by them where they are now influencing you and your behavior. But I hope that you will have friends who are lost, who sin, who uh, disagree with the word of God. And then you can actually do what Christians are supposed to do and witness to them and love them and uh, show them what God, God's love looks like, what the scripture says. Show them the error of their ways and things like that. And I hope that students will do that in a way that's not... Uh, you know, sometimes we, we will carry ourselves like we're better than people and that, you know, that couldn't be further from the truth. Like we're not better than anybody. Um, we struggle with sin. I mean, I struggle with sin just like other people do. Um, the difference is, is that I, I'm actively trying to submit to the Lord and submit to scripture and kind of get rid of the old self and the sinful flesh and put on righteousness and holiness and the new self and, and things like that. And so I want to be right with the Lord enough 
that I will die to sinful behavior. Um, and I think that's where, I mean, like, that's what I want to challenge students with is that they will, that they will desire Jesus enough to die to sinful behavior. And I think when we start asking, so another part of this question was um, students have asked, like, can I be homosexual and go to heaven? Can I be homosexual and still be saved? Um, and I think the, the, the answer to that question uh, kind of is, is answered by Jesus when he says, I mean, you cannot, uh, you cannot be uh, the slave to two masters. Um, and I think many times we forget that sin enslaves us and it removes us from the presence of the Lord and it restricts our ability to be led by the Lord. Um, and if we are indeed like indulging in our sin continually and that is what our life is marked by, then we are just proving that our life is not actually marked by the Lord and we've not actually surrendered our life to Christ. And we've not actually trusted for him to be our Lord, because if we are trusting for him to be our Lord, then we will be, you know, slaves of the Lord, not slaves of our own sinful flesh. And, and we won't be overtaken by sin. And we've used this language of battle and struggle because uh, we, we desire to not be overtaken by temptation, be overtaken by sin. Um, and, and many people just want the liberty to indulge in their own sinful desires. Uh, and they're they're looking for somebody to say something wrong or some sort of justification to where, oh, now I can go and indulge in my own sinful desires, and that's simply not okay. Uh, the Lord never uh, allows us to or or encourages us to just go and indulge in our own sinful behavior. It's always, always a sin. Um, and so the scripture is very clear. I mean, we put off these sinful behaviors and we put on righteous behaviors. And homosexuality is just one of those things um, that we that we deal with and that we want to put off. Um, and so I, I would say, like, it's just super helpful for for me when I'm thinking through this um, to just uh, kind of put homosexuality in the list of many other things and ask the question, I mean, where's my heart really at? And if I have relationships with people and they happen to practice homosexuality, am I now being drawn into desiring those things or am I still loving them as Christ loves them and firm in my faith? And can I help them see the love of Christ? Um, and I think that's helpful for us to think through. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, I guess, or maybe fortunately, I don't know. It depends on the circumstance, I guess. But uh, there may be some friendships and some things that you simply just don't need to have. Um, and it, it could be that it's because, you know, that like the actual reason could be homosexuality. It could be something different. It could be any form of immorality. Um, I mean, I remember when I was in high school, my parents, I, I was hanging out with somebody. My parents came and, and they kind of asked, like, um, I mean, I need you to not hang out with this person anymore. I'm like, why? So they pointed out some things and they said, this is why. And some of those things were, uh, uh, you know, because of some immoral things. And some of it was just other behavioral things in which I was being influenced uh, instead of being the influencer. And so uh, I respectfully... Uh, 
wasn't that person's friend anymore. Like I wasn't mean to them. I just didn't hang out with them anymore. Um, and I, I tried to grow in my walk with the Lord and wanted to be friends with those people. But uh, I, you know, I wasn't happy with my parents. Like I was pretty mad. Uh, and, you know, later on, I was able to see uh, kind of God transform those people's lives and me to actually be able to influence them. Uh, and later on, they, you know, they actually came back to me later in high school and said, you know, thank you for actually standing up for what you believe in. And, uh, you know, you were, you were one of the only people that I, I ever saw. And it was my parents' decision, not even mine, really. But you were one of the only people I ever saw that, that was willing to stand up for what they actually believed in and remove yourself from sinful situations and behaviors. And they said, man, that actually, you know, led me to question many things because I actually saw somebody who did that. And it made me think, man, I, I could do that too. Uh, and so it, it kind of wound up being a beneficial thing later on in the end. But anyway, we kind of got off topic. But uh, we want to have relationships. We want to be influencers, not influenced by bad relationships. Yeah. I think uh, think, think something that is, is really impactful, uh, two things is like, number one, uh, I think, room, like, understanding your personal walk with Christ and being wise about how you like walk that out. So like, if you're like, this is something that I deal with more because I'm a little older. Right. So I talk with friends that are like, you know, above the age of 21. Right. And they're like, Hey, you know, I struggle with drinking alcohol and getting drunk. So my recommendation for those people is to say, okay, well, probably get all alcohol out of your house and probably don't go to excursions where there's going to be increased chance of that. Right. Yeah. It's really unwise for if you're a, like a, like you struggle with that and you're, and you're probably going to, you're probably going to drink and you're probably going to go too far. If you don't have that kind of level of self-control yet, then you probably want to limit your interaction with that because like, it's just not going to go, go well you know how 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 far is too far and so that's kind of the thing so um, I think yeah knowing your limitations like if you are a person that is struggling with homosexual tendencies and you put yourself in circumstances and in circles where it is highly encouraged and there's high uh, there, there, there's a lot of praise for that and that's just a slippery slope that you might do something that you might not want to want to do you know um, but you know there's wisdom in that um, and then the, the second thing I think is really important is understanding that like it's not homosexuality necessarily that that sends you to hell. Just like Stephen said, it's it's more the the lack of obedience. That's the that's the thing that Stephen's trying to get at. Is it's man, I can I can be practicing lying, I can be practicing murder, and I can be practicing homosexuality, but it's the lack of it's the desire to say I will not submit to the Lord. I want to do what I want to do. And that actually is the thing that sort of shows that you're not saved. It's not just a particular sin. Yeah. Am I understanding you correctly, Stephen? Yeah. And, and I'd like to, you know, kind of jump in a little bit with, with that. Um, you're right. It's not, I mean, sin is what sends us to hell, right? So I mean, when we're guilty of sin, uh, we have broken um, kind of, you know, the a right relationship with the Lord. We're guilty. We're we're 
guilty of death and um you know that is what is owed of us and we will go to hell because we're judged after we die and uh, we're judged according to our deeds and our sinful behavior um but i i want to just be clear that man there are a multitude of different people in the scripture who have different backgrounds different behavioral habits different sinful behavioral habits such as murder such as fornication and such as idolatry such as um, you know, all sorts of promiscuity and things like that, all, all sorts of sexual sins that actually get saved. Uh, so it's not that because you are a homosexual or because you are a murderer or because you, you know, you disobey your parents that you're going to go to hell. Um, it, you will go to hell because of sin, but not if you repent of your sins and believe in Jesus. And so it's not the uh, it's not that, man, if you're a homosexual, you're going to go to hell. It's that if you don't ever repent of your sins, you're going to go to hell. And so for the scripture, like in 1 Corinthians, where it says, man, these people will not inherit the kingdom of God, it's because they are marked by that and they don't repent. And they've never, they're not ever marked by Christ. It's people who reject Christ, but yet are marked by this particular sin that they're going to not inherit the kingdom of God. The person who is marked by Christ is one who repents of this sin. And now they're, they're, they're marked by their, you know, their life is marked by their walk with the Lord. Yeah. So no, no matter what the sin is, Stephen, there's this need uh, to agree with God and agree with his word about the state of uh, your sin, right? You need to agree that something is wrong, that something is an offense to him. Uh, you need to agree uh, that it is not something that you should be practicing, right, in, in order to effectively repent of something. Um, so to your point, right, those that practice homosexuality, those that practice lying, that practice murder, um, what condemns them is that they never submit to God's word. They never agree with God. They never obey him in surrendering those things over to him. So for those that, that maybe struggle with homosexuality, maybe even those that are practicing homosexuality, um, my challenge to them would be to submit and surrender those things over to, over to God, right? His, his word is clear. Practicing these things is wrong. Um, we need to surrender them to, to God. Yeah, and even, I mean, so clearly in the Scripture you see that this is wrong and so many other things are wrong and sinful. And this is what makes the gospel so beautiful. Romans 5, 8 says that, you know, therefore, while we were dead in our sins and trespasses, um, we, were, we were transgressors against God. Um, you know, while we were dead in our sins, Christ died for us. Like he himself took the punishment that we were owed because of our sinful behavior. Whether homosexuality or another sin, we have both committed a offense um, before God, and we're guilty of that. And the beauty of the gospel is that God loves us so much, even that while we were dead in our sins, He took His, you know, the place on the cross that we were supposed to take. Like He died so that we didn't, uh, to, you know, for us, so that we didn't have to. He paid the penalty of sin so that we wouldn't have to. Um, and that's the beauty that he offers us repentance. I mean, if I was God and you had done the things that I absolutely hate and abhor, like I'm, I'm against it, like God is against sin, and you did all those foul acts against me, like if I was God, 
I don't have the patience for that. I mean, every I probably would have killed everybody, right? The beauty of the fact that, you know, the beauty of the gospel is that he's God and he still loves me. He still loves you. He still loves every person on the planet enough that he would offer them salvation, even in the midst of their rebellion. Uh, and that's the beauty of the gospel. And that, that's, that's what I hope that, that people will, will see in all this, is that God's love is clearly demonstrated uh, for us. Yeah, I think it's good. And I think, uh, I think hopefully we have treaded uh, not on this topic lightly, but that we've answered it pretty, pretty confidently. I think we've, we've answered some, with some definitive answers, but hopefully we have done so in a loving and caring way. Um, and I just am encouraged and I just want to encourage people, man. Like if you have lost friends, be careful, but I, I do think you should have lost friends. Um, I think it's important uh, for the sake of just spreading the gospel, being able to be a witness for those people. Um, so thank you, uh, Stephen. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you listeners for, for tuning in. Um, hopefully, we have done uh, this topic somewhat justice, but again, it, it isn't a very sensitive topic with a lot of nuance. So if you have questions uh, pertaining to this topic or topic or another topic in general, um, be sure to email us at the breakdown at Richland Creek, the breakdown at richlandcreek.com. Send in your questions. We'd love to answer them. Um, as always, this has been great. Thank you guys. And um, we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.